Welcome to Feral Miss and Ice Guy, and I'm your host, MNG. And today, what I want to talk about is cultivating the talent of your child. Now, I know some people are like, well, my kid ain't got no goddamn talent. Or you're probably saying that my kid has all the talent in the world and don't need to practice. Or you're probably saying that you already cultivate your kid's talent. And you know what? All of those are valid statements. So I'm going to talk about it anyways, because I feel like it's essential to talk to whomever is listening. And you may be able to suggest this podcast or this episode to somebody that maybe needs that little push and they don't want to listen to you because you're like, you probably think that you like yammering and stuff like that. Not saying that you do, but know how the case is but hey let's get into it right so let's talk about why you should cultivate your kids talent so one of the things here is that every child has something that they're interested in something they can improve on and some type of talent that they have and as a parent it's not necessarily your job but it is opportunity for you to invest that time and that energy into that child that wants to play the drums or play a musical instrument or want to draw or want to work or build computers. It's your opportunity to invest that, especially if you wasn't invested in. And I know that sometimes it takes money and it takes energy and it takes time that you may not have. But in any case, any opportunity or time that you may have that you can go and invest in this child is going to be essential to their future growth. And I know you probably like, MNG, I don't have the money. Sometimes it doesn't take money. Sometimes it takes time. You may say, well, I don't have the time. Okay, well, then if you don't have the time, then it takes money. Now you could say, I don't have the time and the money then hopefully you have a support system. I mean, let's think about it. LeBron James didn't get to where he was at. Uh, JaVale McGee didn't get to where he was at. Uh, Ray Allen didn't get to where he was at. Them people didn't get to where they was at without the time and investment. You can only have so much inspiration in yourself. Because some people have a lot of inspiration in themselves and a lot of faith in themselves and they can just go and they can just get it. And nobody could tell them anything. They just inherently motivated to just keep going forward. Now, everybody don't have that type of motivation. Some people need a support system to kind of push them forward. For example, I love basketball. I was excited about basketball. Any and everything that had anything to do about basketball, I was all for it. You can catch me at the basketball court at any given time. If people wanted to play, oh, I'm all for it. If we was playing in the street, I'm all for it. I didn't really start playing to playing in a gym until I got to like middle school. That's when I kind of started playing basketball in the gym, or a little bit before that. But other than that, I pretty much just played street ball. Me, my friends, my cousins, we were just out there just hooping. And I was hooping with people that was older than me. So they would block my shit to the next block, okay? And then I had to run down there, 
get the ball to get them to take the ball out so we can continue playing. That's how bad it was. But we used to hoop. And we used to hoop all day long. And I wanted to play for the Orlando Magic. That's the team I wanted to play for. I was like, they got my favorite colors, black and blue. It was so simple for a kid. I'm like, they got my colors, black and blue, I could play for them. Now, I didn't know all the intricacies that go into trying to make the NBA. I couldn't even tell you the statistic of people that was going to make, going into the NBA at that time. All I knew was I wanted to play in the NBA. That was my dream. But did nobody take the time to help cultivate that talent? And it's not their fault. And I'm not blaming anyone. I wanted my son to experience that. I wanted my son to experience the things that I wasn't able to experience and learn from those failures or those attempts. Let's just call them attempts because he ain't really truly failed at anything yet. I mean, he's failed, but not failed on a colossal scale. But learn from those attempts. I don't think there's been a person that played Mario all the way through and didn't lose at least once before they went back and then they were able to play all the way through because they knew where the traps were at. They knew what to expect. So, you know, you kind of fall into those attempts and those failures and keep proceeding forward, okay? So let's look at cultivating your kids' talent, you know, really digging in so, you know, they could be successful. You have those kids that has the inherent skill of what they want to do. They probably don't need no practice. They're probably good at archery. You know, pinpoint accuracy with the arrow. And they're and they're sharp with it. They're probably good at spelling. Can ace the spelling be with no problem? You know, you probably got a mathematician on your hand. Can do math out of the world. Probably got an excellent drawer. Not really drawing like real life scale portraits. But they draw better than their current age group or their current classmates. That's the talent that you you, you want to cultivate and you want to you want to make more of. You know, you can have a genius on your hand and not even know it. But sometimes I feel like we ignore the signs and we don't try to cultivate the, those um, those little skills that we see and we come across. Like my son, he's a gamer. Loves playing video games. Entered a few tournaments. Got far in those tournaments. And I told him, I was like, you know what? That's pretty dope. You know, you can make a lifestyle out of gaming. Some people in the comments are going to be like, gaming. Like, psh, gaming. <laughs> MNG, you sound crazy. Like, why would you tell your son to go and game? There are people that make millions of dollars off of gaming. Sponsorships. The whole nine yards. They make a lot of money gaming. And he he built up his skill set and make a name for himself. Even if he plays the same game over and over again, to a point where he put himself in situations where he can go to tournaments where the jackpot is two hundred thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars. A million dollars. I would be proud of him. I would say, you know what? Make it do what it do. Good luck. Do you want me there? 
because I will make every attempt to be there. I will be on the same plane as you. I don't care if I got to put on a credit card. I don't care if I got to take a personal loan out. Bro, we going. Like, this is an opportunity for him. And if he wins, even if he comes in second place, he probably still will get some money. But even if he doesn't come in second place, hey, we can always go to the next one and we can we can keep going further and further and further. I introduced my son to chess and he played with a grandmaster and he was in like fifth grade, fifth, sixth grade. No, he was in fifth grade, like fourth, fifth grade. Cause I remember cause it was just out of school that we was on. And I'm sitting there in the first class, every student sat down in the class, sat down and lost within like two to three moves. My son has never played chess before. Never played chess. So he sat down with the grandmaster and he played with him. He told him what the pieces do. And he was, he lasted a good 15 moves before he lost. He he was only, he was the only kid to get that far. And I was like, man, he must be really good at chess. You know, for his first time, like playing, he was really good. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, you know, this is something that we need to go ahead and look into. So I try to enroll him in chess class. And we play and we play chess to keep his skills up. I'll play chess with him because I know how to play chess. So I'll play chess with him. And, you know, he'll be in chess class learning, you know, the techniques and the basics and everything. And then he'll come home and then we'll play chess. So we did that for a few years and then they kind of cut out chess class. <sighs> I promise you, like public schools, but they always cutting something. So that was a, a talent that I tried to call cultivate of his, you know, because he can do anything with it. Even if, you know, he's working a job and he likes his job. And just say on the weekends, he go and he play in chess tournaments. Because that's just what he likes to do. Now, that's that's spare money that he could put in his pocket. If he wins, say it's like a $500 jackpot. No, hey, it's $500. He'd be able to go ahead and win that. No problem. So when it, and that's what I mean by, you know, cultivating that talent, you know, whether it's inherited or anything, you know, that's one thing you want to be able to just cultivate, just be able to kind of bring that out of them. Now, let's kind of talk about social media now social media is like a big thing right now where you can become famous off of social media if we talk about the npcs on tiktok if we talk about some of the travel blogs if we talk about some of the cooking blogs you know if you talk about any of those things so far as being able to be a success a person could be a success on social media now i wanted my son to start a gaming channel so we try to do that and you know he's a little bit discouraged so that didn't really get off the ground but you know the tiktok challenges and the dances and stuff like that like my son not really a social media person but in the same token if your kid is uh, a good in the limelight i'm not gonna say he's starving for attention but is good in the limelight is able to you know love the camera I would say that if you structure it well, you can make a decent income off of social media. 
like you can make a decent income, but you gotta have the game plan in order to be able to do it. Because without the game plan, because you can go in and wing it, but without the actual game plan, like the social media presence, it'd be kind of difficult to kind of just overcome and be like, okay, well, we we seen some challenges, but you know, we made some money. Because walking in without a structure, without a plan, you're probably setting yourself up for failure. And if you are gonna set yourself up for failure, you know, fail gracefully and then go back and do it again. Fall gracefully again and then go back and do it again. Because there's nothing that states that success happens on a first try. I've started several type of businesses, two which involve social media. And I can tell you right now, like trying to capture an audience a lot of people say it's like consistency you gotta be consistent you gotta be consistent that's part of it but you also gotta have an attractive product McDonald's at one point in time before um, it switched over and before it switched over and they got, they got bought out you know way back when in the beginning if you've seen like the McDonald's movie they had an attractive product but they didn't have the mindset and the structure to take it worldwide somebody else came along and had the structure and a mindset to take it worldwide and they did because they have failed at so many different ventures until they found the right one that's what failure comes in that failure provides experience and knowledge where those that are succeeding a little bit may not see the product that they have to get them to the next level so we talked about learned skills learned skills is basically like what I did so I had an animation channel on YouTube and I picked up I always wanted to do animation so one of the things that I liked to do there's two things that I liked the most writing and animation and I wanted to combine both of them so what I end up doing is I end up learning how to write scripts so I began writing scripts and then from writing scripts I end up doing animation. Now, the animation for like five years. So I produced a few animations. I mean, from beginning to end, writing the script, storyboard, voiceovers, production, finished product. I did it all. And it was fun. I actually enjoyed doing it. And it took me a year to learn a program to be able to animate. It took me like 16 hours to produce a three to five minute short 16 hours I mean it was exhausting but again this is a person learning from scratch and then putting it out into the world and producing it doing the voiceovers so it was a lot of that that I was doing to be able to try to learn how to do animation and put it out there and learn the, the marketing aspect and the advertising aspect. Like the whole, the, the whole nine yards, like from beginning to end was just the beginning of a long weekend. Like I already did 40 hours at work to turn around and do 16 hours in a weekend on animation alone was just ridiculous. Like I couldn't imagine how I even got through it. And then at the hours, reading scripts, scheduling actors to come through to read scripts, then cutting up the audio. Like, it was, it was a lot that I had to do in just a small amount of time. 
Like I was trying to produce in seven days, which was ridiculous. Like I should never have attempted to try to produce one cartoon or two cartoons in seven days time and have it published by the next by the next week. It's it was ridiculous. But you have those learned skills where you can pick something up and you can start learning it. And with just a little bit of practice or a lot of bit of practice or a whole lot of practice, you'll be able to master what you're doing. Like I can go back into the animation software and I can do an animation. I can go and get an audio software and I can do the audio and cut the animation up and I can have an actor come in and I can coach the actor on how I want him to say it. I can go ahead and write the script and write it from scratch and polish it up and, and do all of that stuff. I can go ahead and do all of that stuff because I have the learned skill and I practiced it day in and day out, night after night. So it's nothing to be able to go in and to write a small script and to do an animation, to create a background. It's nothing to be able to go in and do that. I can do it easily at this point in time. So you have those learned skills. So, you know, if your kid wanted to try something, like my son wanted to pick up the drums, I'm sure if I put up, I bought a drum set, he'll still have some of those techniques and that knowledge in order to be able to play the drums. He'd probably be able to put a song on and play the drums easily along with the song because he has that learned talent. He may not practice it, but he has that learned talent. And that's kind of what you want in some cases if they want to pick something up because they could be able to use it to kind of supplement their income or to add to their income if they need to. If he wanted to go and play drums in a band, yeah, he probably had to practice some. But at least he would have the learned skills to be able to do it if he wanted to do it on the weekend at some club or whatever like that. He'll be able to have to cultivate those skills to be able to do it. So he, he just had to just practice more. Like he don't know how to read sheet music, but he just had to practice. And maybe through repetition, he'd be good with it. Just do, 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 no, whatever. <laughs> whatever he's going to do, that'd be cool. Now, the last little bit that I kind of want to get into is like your responsibility. And I know it's like, MNG, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, your responsibility, like, what you mean my responsibility? Your responsibility. Because you are the parent. You are the active parent. You are the person that is guiding this child through life. No child walks into the world with innate knowledge. It's not possible. Now, I know there is, you know, a philosopher that believes that, well, a psychologist that believes that, that kids um, come into this world Renee Desertes, um, he believes that kids come to this world with the innate ability of knowing right from wrong, and that's not the case. I don't believe that kids know right from wrong once they are born into this world. So it's up to you to guide them. And for example, if kids walk into this world innately knowing right from wrong, then there will be kids in other countries that's not carrying around AK-47s killing people and thinking that they're doing right by their country or thinking they're doing right by their community or thinking they're doing right by the group that they're led, the group leader that they were led by, that would not be possible because every environment distinctively knows what is beneficial for their group. And they could believe that, hey, this is our group. We have to protect it. That means killing other people. Is it considered right or wrong? Is it considered a crime? It all depends on where you're actually from. Because in some cases, killing a person, we know innately, we not innately, but we know that it's wrong to kill a person. 
but in other areas of the countries, depending on where you at, you know, killing somebody, it may be, it may be a rite of passage. It may be uh, a ritual. It may be necessary. It may be how they protect themselves. You don't know. Just because in America, you know, we believe that, you know, right and wrong is by the things that you do or say in your actions. And we just keep we just keep on with the murdering aspect. We know that killing somebody is wrong. We know that for a fact. We know that hands down, right? But what some people don't know is that in another country, if you kill somebody, say in a in a remote area in the Amazon or wherever like that, some tribe, they may not feel like killing it wrong. They can kill you with no remorse, no regret. But there's no law that's out there that says that within this tribe that killing is wrong. Now, it could be, hey, there's an instance where you have to fight to the death and they kill the other person. And it could be considered a rite of passage or the right to to the to being the leader or whatever the case is. Who who's to tell them that, hey, that what you're doing is wrong that what you're doing is barbarian if that's something that they've been doing for so long you can't really necessarily say that it's right or wrong but your responsibility I kind of went off on a tangent but your responsibility is to help cultivate that talent and build that talent and you know let it shine for what it is it's not going to be something that's going to happen on us overnight it may not happen in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. But as long as you're putting the, the time and investment and energy in there, it could be something small. It doesn't have to be anything big. Sometimes you just gotta get very creative with helping cultivate the talent and building on it. That's my piece. So this is MNG. This is Farewell, Mr. Nice Guy. Um, go ahead and send a little a voice message. The voice link is in the description. Go ahead and send us a voice link. I love to hear what your thoughts are about the episode. You can always hit us up at farewellmrniceguy at gmail.com. You can go ahead and send us an email. Also, don't forget to follow our Instagram page at farewellmng. We post a lot of our uh, episodes on there. So far as we'll post a lot of what's coming up next. And we do a few lives on there. So go ahead and check that out. And I'll see y'all in the next episode. Peace. Thanks for joining us on this unfiltered journey where farewell is a nice guy. We hope today's conversation brought you fresh insights and a renewed embrace of authenticity. To keep the canon vibes flowing, hit the subscribe button for more thought-provoking episodes and share the podcast with your friends. As we wrap up, keep embracing your true self, navigating life's twists and making connections truly count. Until next time, remember that your journey to authenticity and growth is one to cherish.